Hi, everyone. We are back again, once again, with Heather Guerrero, uh, this time joined by Leilin Lau, both from Gilead, uh, talking about streamlining grant review processes and increasing your free time. I'm going to turn it over to Heather. Um, the little koala bear you might be seeing is Leilin. She's not really koala bear, but uh, video is not working, but all we need is her audio, so we are good to go. Uh, Heather, I will let you take it away from here. All right, and I'm actually going to hand it right to Leilin. Oh, even better. So, um, <clears throat> so hi, I'm Leilin Lau. I actually, Heather Guerrero is my colleague. Um, between the two of us, we actually make up the IMED team at Gilead. Uh, we cover seven therapeutic areas, and the way that we're able to do this is because of the process that we have. We've worked with a lot of educational partners and other people that have really talked about how unique our process is, so we wanted to share that with you today. Um, perfect, and then... <clears throat> So our process is actually a year-long process, and it involves our medical director or medical affairs teams per therapeutic area, um, and it starts in May when we kind of sit down with them to talk about the learning objectives for the following year. So, for example, we're going to be sitting down with our team to really talk about what's going to happen for 2015, and the learning objectives kind of really sets the the um, the stage for what what we'd like to support for the following year. Um, we then ask our educational partners to come in and do a needs assessment presentation. Medical directors are invited. If they pass that stage, then we ask them to do concept presentations, and Heather's going to go into these in more detail a little later on, um, talking about where they can really fill the gaps. And <clears throat> the needs assessment will talk about where the gaps in education are. Concept presentations will really talk about how they can fill those gaps. Um, after that, Heather and I kind of sit down. We do a very extensive review of all our concepts with our medical directors to figure out which are the best programs that we'd like to put together and what fit in our budget. And I think that that's always the most challenging part is to figure out what, um, what actually works with our budget. Um, and then after that, we ask our educational partners to submit proposals, which we then review with the committee. Um, that goes through with our, with our medical directors as well as our legal team. Once we get that approval, then we have LOAs and POs opened. Um, whoops, Derek, can we go back to the other slide? Um, as you can see at the bottom, the little gold diamonds that you see, we actually provide update meetings to our medical affairs teams throughout the year to let them know how the programs are progressing, what programs were covering which ones didn't quite make it through um, through our review process and what we're planning for the following year. Next slide, please. Now, the benefits of this process is the first one is that we don't accept unsolicited proposals. And what this really means is that the majority of our time isn't spent reading and evaluating for proposals. We're also not locked into working with certain providers. Just because we've done a program with one provider before doesn't mean that they'll necessarily make it through our process again and necessarily um, that will necessarily support the programs for the following year. Every year, it's kind of a new bag, and we really kind of we kind of let everybody know that we're starting we're starting fresh and that we're really considering the programs for next year, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a guarantee that we'll be doing it again. But this kind of planning really makes it easier for us to avoid missing any strong educational opportunities. We're also able to compare proposals and programs head to head. Um, one of the things that we do is Heather and I actually sit in on 
all of the needs assessments and all of the concept meetings for all of our therapeutic areas. It makes for a really long few months, but honestly, it really frees up the rest of our time um, so that we can pay more attention to things like outcomes, so that we can you know, really um, look at what other educational opportunities are out there and so we can actually look and see what's new in CME. And we really think that this also um, helps us push our providers to take some creative risks and really helps them to really kind of think about what the best education is, how to get multi-component education in there for their learners. Next slide, please. So we get a ton of solicitation from a bunch of educational partners. Anybody that works in industry, I'm sure that you all do. Um, while we would like to include everyone in our review process, it is just not humanly possible. If we did include everybody, Heather and I would still be sitting in, um, we'd still be sitting in needs assessments and concept meetings and not able to, to take part in CMU Palooza. Um, we put an example of a process here because I know that every Every company, every organization is a little different. This is something that works for us now. We are always tweaking our process, trying to make it better, trying to make it more streamlined, and trying to make it easier for everybody. But one of the things that we're doing now is this is kind of an example of, of what we're doing now. So we ask new partners to fill out a provider review form. And this review form has general information about the company, how many years they've been in business, what therapeutic areas they work with, what awards that they've um, receive what programs that they've put on. This kind of allows us, before we even meet the partner and really sit down and talk with them, allows us to kind of get a snapshot of who they are. And sometimes, it, you know, it'll be a company that maybe only works in multiple sclerosis and it might not be a fit for us. And while they might do great education, it just might not be something that we really want to bring to our medical directors. But once we've reviewed the form and if there's somebody that we're interested in, we ask them to do a 30-minute presentation. Now, one of the things that I think we've learned over the years is if you give people a long enough rope, they will hang themselves or not. Um, 30 minutes seems to work. If you give people two hours, they'll fill that space. If you give them an hour, they'll fill that space. 30 minutes, I think, really pushes everybody to kind of really give us the most succinct information. And we ask them to, to talk about, instead of giving a huge company overview, a very quick company overview, um, and to really spend the time talking about what their signature programs are and what they do best as a med-ed provider um, and really what makes them unique. Once that's been done, we actually do a final assessment and we notify them as to whether they have, um, they're going to be yeah, they're going to be part of our process for the year or if they'll have to wait till another year to kind of redo the process and to start over again. Um, so to and to vet them, actually I'm going to pass this over to Heather and she can talk about how we vetted our new partners. Great, thank you for that um, wonderful explanation of our process. Uh, the vetting process is really just what Leyland described in the educational partner review. So um, every if, if anyone was to implement a similar process, they'd have to find the way that it would work best for them to screen new partners. And um, you know, this it, it may be different from company to company depending on the kinds of skills um, and values you have for CME, whether you value um, you know, large initiatives that are multiple year, uh, if you value PICME, there's, there'll be different processes that work for you. So obviously our vetting process takes place before our review process starts so that we have those partners on board. They have to go through the whole 
like the review cycle, the concept meetings, and uh, the new partners can be then added to the following year's review process. So we're always looking at new pro partners. Uh, next slide, please. So the meetings themselves, let me just describe them a little bit. The needs assessment meeting, so this is the first meeting that we hold with the selected education partners. There are 30-minute teleconferences, and again, as Leyland said, uh, we found that 30 minutes is not enough time to give a full breadth of a therapeutic area, but really that's not what we're looking for. Um, this is a uh, opportunity for the education partner who is leading this meeting, um, and there's it's really their opportunity to share with us the, the challenges they see in the therapeutic area itself. So uh, it takes some discipline, it takes some creativity, and uh, uh, really thinking kind of outside of the box to do something meaningful in 30 minutes, but that's really part of the challenge. So it's not meant to be an easy uh, meeting. <laughs> it's something we want them to really think through and bring something concise and elegant to us that's been well thought out. We are a passive participant in that. We don't share with them uh, anything about uh, our educational objectives. That's not something we share. We uh, have no restrictions on who is on the call as well. And the objective of this meeting is really what I just described, to present the therapeutic landscape as well as the needs and gaps of that um, area's healthcare providers. And part of, you know, I, I would think this is obvious, but uh, the way that they describe this, the, their method in putting together this uh, uh, meeting, how they prescribe, uh, uh, describe the needs, and the way that they approach the whole uh, process is something that we are constantly evaluating as well. Please jump in with any questions at any time. So um, we can move to the concept meetings. So after we hold the needs assessment meetings and uh, if they pass that, and by pass it we just mean, you know, we're not going to go forward with someone who clearly doesn't have a, 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 an understanding of a therapeutic area. Maybe it was a new area for them, uh, maybe they're new to us and we don't know their kind of caliber of work and uh, if they don't understand the space we don't let them come in and talk about education because what what's the point? Uh, the concept meetings are one-hour meetings and they're live meetings, so they actually come in in-house to Gilead. And again, this is an entirely run by the provider. This is their meeting. And the objective is to share with us, uh, think of them as top, concepts are kind of top-line uh, ideas. So it's often, think of a letter of intent, um, the, the items that would be in that, you know, we're looking to find from them uh, what, obviously, what method, um, kind of how much it's going to be, what type of education it is, what need um, or gap they are uh, addressing. And we have, to date, we haven't put any restrictions on the number of concepts, and, and some people really bring in a ton of concepts, but um, it's up to them how they, they do that and uh, 
we feel that it allows for more creativity in the process if they feel like they can just think outside of the box and bring concepts to us. Um, and that's one of the real values, I think, of the process in general is that uh, there's a lot of room for creativity and thinking outside of the box and innovation. So we can move to the next slide. So one of the uh, benefits and one of the things that Leilin touched on is that we spend a lot of time in the program assessment stage. So everyone who comes in the door with concepts is not guaranteed a concept. It's not guaranteed a proposal. Um, but they are being compared head to head with the, the other concepts. So um, it's, it's a very fair way to evaluate proposal uh, potential proposals. And um, it's our opportunity to really see, you know, in the live meeting space, compare the different um, proposals and see what they uh, bring to the table, see where they're innovating and, and where they're bringing new ideas and feedback, <laughs> incorporating feedback into them. And the objective is to have a list of pro uh, programs where we then ask the ed partners. It's kind of like a request for proposal. So it's, it's, it's a completely different approach, but in the end, we then ask them for those proposals that we have um, vetted through this process. And again, that's no guarantee that they will be um, selected, they still have to go to committee and it has to be compliant and has to uh, be approved with our internal processes. So uh, that is our process. I know it's very different from the way most companies do it. We would love to get any questions or feedback. Uh, if you don't want to do so now, please know that Leyland and I are both available to you to um, uh, answer any questions or if you're thinking about a process like this, we're happy to, to help you with it. And um, I believe Derek can post our email addresses on the website. So, if you, if uh, yes, I will absolutely do that. Um, okay. Don't have any current questions, although we haven't had a whole lot of questions the whole time. So <laughs> that doesn't mean too much. Uh, okay. But yeah, certainly I will post those email addresses, and anyone can follow up who would like to. Uh, thank you both for a great presentation. Um, Heather, we're going to see you again um, coming up next with uh, Karen Schenko talking about a sneak peek at the 2014 benchmarking survey. Okay. Uh, and we're almost back on schedule. Not Great. So I'm going to close this one out, Heather. I'll send you another link just like before, and we'll get started in about five minutes. Perfect. Thank Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you.